Hey, we're back with another uh, Commission podcast. This time, uh, Josh Wilson, a.k.a. Anubis21 from Saxpaha, North Carolina, strikes again. He mm-hmm. uh, commissioned us to watch Screamers. I'm yeah, starting to wonder which if, I enjoyed. I'm starting to wonder if he is a well-heeled troll at this well, point. Well, he failed on Screamers. I know. I think he wanted us to hate Screamers. And then he doubled down with PCU uh, as a second pick <laughs> well, in the 1994 okay. Jeremy Piven vehicle, if you can call it that. And David Spade. And David Spade. And... A couple of other people that... Uh, who am I leaving out? Uh, the Jessica dude, Walter. Uh, John Favreau. And Jessica Walter. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, this movie is essentially uh, a 1994 movie decrying the arise of PC culture in the... Uh, especially university context, and mm-hmm. how can I put this in a non-PC term? Uh, bro, we're about to push your movie shit in, bro. Mm-hmm. Bro, it's going to get shit pushed in. It's consensual. You paid for it, <laughs> but it's get it's shit pushed all the way in. I hated this movie, man, almost from the jump. As soon as I realized what its premise was, I'm uh-huh. like, oh, Jesus. Had you seen this movie before? Never. Okay. Never. Was all not right. on my was Because here's the thing. I've got several things in my life against this movie. Yep. I never went to college, so I'm not mm, really strike one. I'm not really uh, nostalgic for the fr- the frat boy life. Right. Um, I have very complicated feelings of towards quote unquote PC culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like Jeremy Piven, uh, and also like the comedies we've dis- discussed before are the worst kind of things to podcast because even if you love sure. it, yeah. you're reduced to wasn't it funny when John Favreau got seduced by the stoners? Yeah, and he got high and you know and forgot to get the beer. Like thought the old lady was trying to get him to blow her pampers when he get the got right. got got the uh, beer. These are all things that happen in the movie. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Yeah. Well, if you haven't seen PCU, you're a little late to the party. Anyway, <laughs> it's uh, 1994. I think it came out. Yep. Uh, yeah. So th- I think this is the epitome of the your mileage may vary clause on these podcasts and i like clearly based on josh's comments he knew that i didn't like jeremy piven from the jump and i i actually it's interesting because i want to talk about that a little bit later but because that but this is definitely not going to be a positive review i also hated this movie and i had seen it before like Mm. in the 90s you know it was all over comedy central just played to death i saw that in a lot of because i you know I try to give a person their money's worth when I'm when I'm pushing their film shit in, <laughs> and so I, I start going to look for other perspectives, and I okay. was looking for contemporary reviews, and what I found is a lot of people in the early aughts talking about how this was ubiquitous on yeah comedy comedy yeah. central. That's where I saw it, and you know I would I think I watched it all the way through once, but I would catch pieces here and there over and over again. Mm-hmm. So some of these scenes, you know, I've seen probably fifteen times. It's just. Right. Uh, not in the complete context, right? And I've seen some movies that kind of like I'm trying to think of the my most favorite college film, and I really struggle. Like like Real Genius, I guess the Val Kilmer vehicle where he's uh, it's, it's kind oh, of like that... a, I I don't want to say Revenge of the Nerds because it's not really like Revenge of the Nerds, but it kind of is. It's a bunch of geeky, nerdy, misunderstood. People led by a charismatic, smart person, Val Kilmer, and they end up using a space laser to pop a bunch of popcorn in their dean's uh, house and explode it. Right, it's right. And don't, like, crazy bikers drive in through the wall or something? Probably, sure. Or is that a different movie sure, from the 80s pr- that pro- I'm thinking of? Pr- probably. I think you, that was a requirement. It was, uh, you know, you, you couldn't hurt animals, and you had to have bikers drive through the walls in every 80s movie. All right, all right. Before we get too far into this film, I want to give Josh a chance to come in here uh, and set this thing up before we knock it down. Okay. Uh, he says, hey, guys, An- Anubis21 here again. After hearing how much Jim loathes Jeremy Piven during this gross point blank podcast, I couldn't help myself hmm. and now torture him with a cult classic and personal favorite of mine, PCU. Having started college in the late 90s, I can relate to a lot of the political correctness that happens on campus in this movie. And it's actually tame compared to how PC or universities have become today. Good college movies are few and far between, and PCU has always been the one that I love the most. To note, I would have been part of the stoner ultimate Frisbee group during my college days. <laughs> with Jake Busey? He'd be hanging out with... Jake Busey. I forgot, yeah, Jake I could Busey. get down with the stoner's ultimate Frisbee. I, I, I already uh, played disc golf, so I'm halfway there. Yeah. 
Uh, now we only get not only we get Jeremy Piven, but David Spade, John Favreau, and the older son from The Great Outdoors. <laughs> Throw on your best mid nineties grunge outfit, crank up Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden. Let's see how much Jim will try to savage my commission. Oh, we shall see indeed. I yeah, I mean I, that's the thing. I, I just don't have a lot of points of context. Um, it's funny because like I guess you know I like drinking and I like uh, but like I remember at one point in this movie where Jeremy. I don't know who was doing it. Maybe it's Jeremy Piven's on a bullhorn, but he's talking on the school-wide PA system, and he's essentially saying, hey, all you guys are drinking beer and playing cards and eating pizza in your dorm rooms. Come here for a real party. I'm like, I'm, I I actually consider drinking beer, playing cards, and eating pizza a, a, the epitome of a good time. Okay, yeah. Like, I would be significantly bummed out if everybody's like, you know what? Fuck this game we're playing. Let's go head down... Uh, I don't know. If, if I found out George Rager. Clinton was there, then right. I'm in. Well, I, everybody's if I, if I go to at go that to point. The, if I go to go to the campus rager, then like, nah, actually, fuck that. I'd rather sit here and play Catan or whatever. It was kind know. of both, though. I mean, it was the George Clinton show and the campus rager all in one. Yeah. Like, it appealed to all crowds, apparently. Yeah. Uh, and brought them together. Yeah. For a brief moment. Yeah. You got... Uh... And what hypocrites? What fucking hypocrites... To after the the amazing George Clinton campus rager combo, to then go and fill out complaint cards to get these guys kicked out, right? Yeah, I mean, they that just was, brought the well, fucking I mean, house down. The, the, the plot was stupid. I mean, I that's that's like you're right. Like either this brought the campus together, uh huh, or your hurtful and ignorant behavior uh, generated a lot of people complaining about it. Yeah, you can't have it both ways, man. But yeah, it didn't. It didn't strike me as particularly logical that these people would enjoy this party so much and then complain and get them kicked out. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you have to not. You have to have a deep understanding of the things that you are trying to satirize before you can effectively satirize it. I'm sorry, but having sure. militant feminists come up to a party, have a beer, and be like, "Wait a second, right? If you're nice to guys, they'll they'll get things for you. Like, what the fuck?" <laughs> Yeah, so I, man, <laughs> we're gonna have to talk about the PC side of this because I don't know what. But is that's going the thing, like, there. so like, you know, again, I, I try to be, I try to be balanced in everything, and I can, I, I definitely have seen camp, like, protest culture and campus culture has made this tone deaf, shrill, reactionary uh, attitude about a lot of things in modern day life and they protest a lot of things on the other hand uh if i had an organization in school that was pro putting speed bumps on a handicap ramp Mm -hmm. and was fighting to maintain their indian mascot uh i would probably be pissed and like i would sign that protest yes i don't like my mascot being a native american i don't don't support putting speed bumps on a hit. Like, that's the thing where I'm like, mm-hmm. holy... Sh-. They, they were ticking off their list of achievements that they were proud of, and one of them was putting speed bumps on a handicap ramp. I'm like... So, as a backlash from what they view as the over-PC Like, it's politically of the correct to accommodate handicapped people? No, no, no. But that's, I think that's it, how they view it. Like, I, that's what I'm saying. I think that is part of the view of the anti-PC crowd. But, like, to me, that's like... Mm-hmm. Like, 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 let's like... Uh, Maybe if you want to talk PC as, like, calling garbage men sanitation engineers. Okay. Right. All right. Fine. Pretty low-hanging fruit. Yeah. But a lot of Unless what I... Unless you literally the, want to say you are a garbage person. That's the thing. <laughs> Which is fine. And you know what? That's... that's that you just, you just pinned it. Like, if you really think about it, I was about to pivot to that. It's like, it's kind of a point. A person is a garbage man. They're a garbage man. Words matter. To the extent that words matter, we should worry about how <laughs> words and language shape our culture. Uh-huh. I mean, maybe that's a silly example... But when you start talking about, um, you know, accommodating people that have a disability, like you, sure. if you're against that, you're kind of an, an asshole and a bully. And right. so much of what is seen as anti-PC is just people that haven't given two shits a thought about what it's like to be a minority or someone with a disability or someone who's other mm-hmm. uh, daily interactions with society. You know, so. Sure. Yeah. You know, we we can talk. We can take this discussion anywhere you want, but again, like, man. So that's where, like, I feel like this movie falls down. Is it's not good enough satire to actually make a point? No, because it doesn't uh, understand feminism or intersexual, uh, intersexual, yeah, it, racism. It or feels anything. like someone, like you said, who hasn't really thought about any sort of issues. Like, just just being 
just backlashing against them being told they can't do things the way they want to do them. Right. Like, you need to stop thinking this way because it's it's wrong, and this person, I don't know, the writers of this or whatever are just kind of lashing out against that. Yeah. And it's, it, like, it's not smart enough satire for me. No, and it's it's hard to discuss this. I like, got getting pe- everyone bent out of shape. But this is a better a conversation to have one and one, so you can tailor it to the audience. Um, because I sure I, yeah. I spend a lot of time thinking about how to change people's minds. One of the reasons I've done that is because you know a lot of people that loved me uh, and a lot of my friends and family no longer speak to me because of essentially philosophical disputes that we've had. Mm-hmm. Um, and, if, you know, gee whiz, if I get uh, them to see things my way, then, you know, I could resume normal human interactions with them. So I've spent sure. a lot about it. And I guess my annoyance with quote-unquote PC culture stems from, like, the the eating meat protest that they had in the beginning is fucking silly. Mm-hmm. You are not going to change – I'm eating a hamburger and you're parading around the man dress – or maybe it's a woman. Don't want to be uninclusive. <laughs> uh, you're parading around a person dressed as a cow and uh, you yeah. ritually – slaughter the cow uh with a macrame battle axe and while you're on a bullhorn screaming about how meat is murder that's not going to change anyone's mind sure that's just you out making a lot of sound and noise about something that i guess you're passionate about um so i feel like that's that's dumb if you 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 got out you know if you're if you're going to a protest with a macro like a 20 foot tall giant macrame donald trump with with giant or perhaps small macrame hands and you're marching down the street like the, no one's going to be walking down like oh my god i supported right. the man but now that i've seen him 20 foot tall yeah, yeah. what have i done like that's fucking stupid the only thing i feel like protests really serve to accomplish is like raising raising uh an idea to 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 prominence like or to saying, show what is, what is the term i'm looking for here yeah uh raising awareness of an issue yes. like getting it into the public thought in the first place and and if you have a hundred thousand people show up to something right. that is impressive that tells you that there's a lot of people this has broad support amongst the community mm-hmm. if you have 20 people doing arts and crafts and banging a drum that's just you know fuck it's just it's 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 ineffective. Whether it's stupid or not, beside the point, it's just ineffective. No one's going to notice or care. Yeah, I suppose so. But you do also have to start somewhere. You know, if if you're talking about small minorities of people who feel like they're being uh, walked all over, yeah, then those small minorities need to get together and raise awareness for the larger majority who maybe don't have any cause to think about it ever. Well, so. but you do it like, you know... Um, don't you do it by appealing to mainstream society by uh, and 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 having like an eloquent uh, and moving? Oh sure, speak yeah. like like it's got to be more than just sloganeering and chanting and and you oh have I agree to it has to be more that yeah. with you know effective persuasion and that's why I, mm-hmm. I feel like it's some because like in the civil rights like it wasn't just first of all this, the reason ah oh, shit here here comes a forty year old white guy telling you why the civil rights uh uh, uh um was successful in the United States. Uh, you had uh, a community that was being wrongfully oppressed and had absolute legitimate grievances that looked like the community. Like, they dressed the same, they talked the same, and they marched in mass, and they had very eloquent and persuasive speakers that when they actually gathered together, you know, they gave this person a microphone and they moved people. And they're like, this, sure. and everybody looked at it and like, this is, this is not right and we have to change things. It's mm-hmm. not like, you know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't even know how you would translate that into some kind of modern protest culture because it just gets lost in translation. Um, yeah. And, you know, at the same time, this is a satire movie. So right. all of these, all of these ideas are boiled well, down the into their thing. most ridiculous, most right. extreme forms. Uh, that's what satire is in a lot of cases. But yet you say it's not effective. So like I'm gonna let. Yeah, you... I just I so none of none of the jokes hit for me. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't think this movie was funny at all. There were a couple of very small chuckles throughout the thing, uh, and I I just don't feel like they went like their stereotypes were on point enough. Like. They felt like outdated stereotypes, and granted, this is like 1993, right? Right. So, or 1994. So, of course, they're outdated. Right. It's 20 years on, but 
I, I don't know. I mean, it just didn't it didn't work for me. When when I was younger, I was watching it as a comedy, mm-hmm. not a satire. Um, now that I'm older, I'm watching it as a satire, and I I just don't relate to any of these kind of uh, protesters. Yeah, it's it's not the same culture anymore. You know, it is. We do have uh, a strong PC vibe and a lot of like internet culture, especially. But that's it. It's it's a different it's a different way of communicating. Yeah, and it's also a backlash. The, the, you also see the backlash against that in every, uh, you know, a lot of internet cultures too. But like that, there's sure. my point is like, okay, so you got these people having this stupid anti-meat protest. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm sympathetic to the fact that meat is morally ambiguous. Mm-hmm. You know, from an economic and from a environmental and from like, I don't give a shit about cows. I don't think cows have the right to anything but maybe a humane death. Um, but you know, there's a lot of other problems with it. If, but but if it, and if, if I want to say that it's stupid to have a man dressed as a cow and you ritually kill him and whatever, you know what's even more stupid? Hmm. Taking a hundred pounds of ground meat beef and throwing it at those people. Okay, like where is the? Where is the – I mean, where is the, the – like, if, if you're going to say something is stupid, then you can't put it down with something even more stupid, can you? I don't know. I mean, sometimes <laughs> fighting stupidity with stupidity may not be a bad idea. Like, you're trying to make the point, look how stupid you're being by how stupid of a thing we do to point it out, I I don't know. I don't know. There's there's something there. It just doesn't work for me. I was gonna say maybe you need to go further, more surreal. Yeah, like maybe you need to get like dress up as a, as a bunch of starving people and you know uh, descend upon the cow and eat him after they've killed them. I. Don't, it I, reminds me of like, the, have you seen the movie? Not not yes man, but the yes men. Yes. Wait, is that the not the Jim Carrey thing? Oh no no no. The, the I, yes men are like. They they are these two dudes who troll like politicians oh, and yes. policymakers. Yes, I have seen this. Okay, and and I felt like the stuff they did was so incredibly stupid, mm-hmm. but it served to it served its point much better than like throwing a bunch of meat at vegans or like Borat. If or you Borat, want to, yeah. If you want to scat, scatterize, you want to satirize <laughs> like hyper patriotic, you know, conservative culture, right? You do it like Borat, which also puts yourself at some real, you know, you generate some really uncomfortable moments and put yourself in not a small amount of risk when uh-huh. you do stuff like that. That's true. Yeah. So this movie felt like it's I don't know it it somehow succeeds in trying to skewer a culture that it doesn't like by the end it's kind of like has this like hey we're all the same can't we get together but that's right. like no no we can't. Um, well, I, a lot of it is we're so busy fighting each other that we can't take the time to come together unless George Clinton makes us like right <laughs> that sort of message Which makes. George Clinton, like this ultimate establishment authority figure. <laughs> okay, he's the dad in the room that's going to be like, "Everybody, settle down and 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 and, and shut up." Like that's a weird, yeah, like, way to frame him. Until you get away from your parents and you start arguing again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because uh, like I said it's like it's hard for me because yes, everything you can say is like, well, it's just a comedy. You're you're taking it too seriously, and I'm like, okay, but yeah, I, I thought it was a disappointing comedy. But it's a satire, and it's supposed to be making you know particularly interesting or good points and i don't think it did right and everything feels so low stakes too right yeah. it's like it's this one campus it's it's like the ending is literally just saving the house from the bad guys from can we talk about the fucking name of this fraternity oh but it was shaft and balls balls and shaft yeah Come on! I mean, it's on. it's it's, make, it's it's satirizing skull and bone society, like all these hyper-conservative. Know, but, but they don't seem to recognize that this is a stupid name for a fraternity, right? The people who have named this balls and shaft don't seem to understand what they've done, right? And they don't they don't understand that they're anti-Semitic. They don't understand that they're. Oh, I think they understand that. Okay, I just don't yeah, think they care. But true. balls and shaft. Uh huh. I mean that. There is no fraternity that would name them. So, well, okay, <laughs> let me not let me not make that claim because uh-huh. tomorrow, like balls and shaft, right. uh, crowned. The problem the is best they put the balls before IU. the shaft. The shaft always precedes the balls. If been shaft and balls, you right. wouldn't have this problem. You're right. You're right. <laughs> it's just the, that mix up. No, but I there was no self awareness there, and I I felt like uh, they needed a little bit. Right. But I don't know. 
I, it's also like what like so Jeremy Piven's girlfriend had become a womanist right. uh, as maybe a reaction to dating him and he mm-hmm. like they had a plot like where he was trying to get together and the womenists were trying to keep him from having contact and but then again like why there I there was no involvement in that relationship. Like, there was right. nothing particularly funny about it. It didn't have a payoff in the end. Like, the uh, arch-conservative um, preppy guy that came to, like, the, he was the driver of this the, this whole plot. Like, you mm-hmm. know, this guy uh, who is... Prefrosh, is that who you're talking pre-fr- about? Yeah, yeah, he's, like, here to tour college campuses, and he's supposed to stay the night at this frat. And for some reason, they send him to this particular one that's, like, you know, just, just a meatball society. And within 24 hours, he falls in love with a girl and changes his whole perspective and goes to T-shirts and blue jeans and, you know, is saved from a life of shaft and balling or balling and shafting. Yeah. But again, like, so what is the lesson here? What is the lesson? I I think the lesson should should a black man who is upset about the damage that slavery, Jim Crow, and the uh-huh. war on drugs has done to his culture and society mm-hmm. sh- sh- shut up about it? I think have that's a fucking the lesson. Beer? I think that's the lesson of this movie. Should it's women like, that don't have equal pay and equal reproductive rights should they like just just shut the fuck up and have a party, enjoy life, man? It really feels like just a white dude telling all the all the minorities to shut the fuck up that bad yeah like okay i get it pc culture can sometimes go a little too far yeah certainly if you're a white dude but come on like you can't just say you can't just shut it all down and say let's just get along but as part of the and and, part of the status quo yeah like is not going to help these people i got this conversation about six months ago i was in a you know playstation party it was like eight eight guys Uh okay they're all. Uh, oh, I'll say calling they're all people out. They're all. They're they're all white. Well, maybe one or two are black. Actually, now that I come to think of it, um, and they're talking about like you know the topic turns into PC and and like the fact that I, there was some kind of thing in the news about safe spaces, and they're like, oh, it's a bunch of bullshit. And why do you, if you're a special snowflake, you can't blah and all this? And I'm like, all right, to, is this this is the point where I either just shut the fuck up and raid, or I try to challenge this. So I decided to try to challenge it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Okay, guy. Um, well, you know, if you go to Facebook and anything's posted like Destiny related, which is a game, like there's a million people that tell you that Destiny sucks, but you like Destiny, right? What okay. if those 10,000 people that are saying Destiny blows came into this here party and just screamed that Destiny blows while we're trying to enjoy it? Sure. Should they be allowed to do that? No, obviously, mm-hmm. we'd kick them all from the channel and we'd get down to the business of doing the thing that we want to do. Right. If you were discussing what it's like to be uh, a, 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 a lesbian, mm-hmm. do you want to do that in an open market where a bunch of dudes can come in there and be like, well, actually, or like if you are a rape survivor, do you want a bunch of people to come in there it's like, and, and be – you're trying to get support for your issue. Do you want them to be able to debate about whether or not you're raped, whether or not you deserved it, whether or not you did anything to contribute to that, or do you just want to discuss this in a quote-unquote safe space? Like sure, it depends on what your goals are. But now, yeah. again, there are definitely some I think misguided people that want to extend this terms of safe space to all of society. Like right, all of society right. should be, and that's nothing that Guess can what? never happen. Yeah. That's that can, and that, you wouldn't want that to happen. There I don't needs think to be so. a place where free discussion happens. That's, like like the goal should be to um, a person's gone through trauma, or a person has gone through societal hurt, is to build them up to the point where they can, you know endure day-to-day interactions that people don't agree with them and also work behind the scenes to and in front of the scenes to make the conditions that cause that trauma uh no longer exist yeah if everybody's off in their safe spaces just talking about their issues nobody's yeah. mind has changed ever yeah so uh, of course you want that open space where free communication and just happens because, and even and it, if it gets kind of uh scary or disgusting yeah you know? and if you're if you're in a dominant like if you happen to be a you know a straight white guy in america that's not saying that your life is perfect, and you could sure. have a worse life than a theoretical or an actual example of a black person. I probably a, have a worse life than Obama. Probably. I'm going to say that. I'm no going to make that claim. But, but but you don't know Bold, what it's like to have someone question your 
heritage as an American. Sure, sure. You know, I'm also not the president of the United States. So, well, <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Former. Like, you, there, there's still some things you can't understand. And I guess I just that's why I think like peace knee jerk when I hear Bill Maher of all people mm. complain about PC culture because he can't play. He can't play concerts at colleges anymore because people just don't have senses of humor. I'm mm. like, well, so fucking what? First of all, you, the, your real problem, Bill, is you got old. You got old. You're you're a 55, 60 year old pot smoker that thinks he's still cool and wants to show up on campuses and <laughs> and do the humor that you were doing in the 80s and 90s and kill. I think they well, should, you can't. They should. There's remake. no safe space for you except for fucking your show on HBO. Right. Where By the can, way, I where like you his can show. Invite people and kick people off at your will. I limb. like his show. Yeah. I hate Bill. I, I think he's a hypocrite and he's not intellectual consistent. I still watch his show. Because he has yeah, interesting I mean, guests on and topics. Sure, he does, and they they discuss interesting things, and there are varying viewpoints, and like it's a worthwhile discussion. Anyway, I think they should remake this movie with Jeremy Piven as he is as old as he is today, and yeah. just put him right back into college with a bunch of young people and see what happens. See, that's the other thing is this isn't that kind of what I thought that was I, the conceit that like one of the things as I, I had in my notes is like the so Jeremy Piven's like 40. Yes. Like his hairline is already in full <laughs> retreat and he's leading this gang of, you know, late teens, early okay. 20s. We're going to find out. I'm going to do a little bit of uh, IMDb being here. I mean, I don't care if you find out how old three. He looks like he he's 39. Is. He looks like he's 39. Jeremy Piven born in 1965, which would make him 29? Really? At the time I of, can't do at math. At the time of release? Yeah. I can't. I need a safe space where I can calculate so, without people making fun of me using my fingers and toes. He's 29. Uh-huh. Which, you know, borderline for playing a college kid. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, maybe that's part of it. Maybe, maybe you should, the old maybe guy you should shut up, stop partying, and, like, hit the books <laughs> for at least a semester or two so you can graduate, dude. Well, some people are into that perpetual college life. Why also, not? I couldn't... I couldn't help but think that jeremy piven is essentially a poor man's version of matthew mcconaughey in this movie i've never gotten that because i've i'm not a huge piven fan like i saw him in like gross point blank i saw i've Mm -hmm. seen him there was this old abc comedy called uh cupid that was around for a season or two that i remember enjoying him in uh i've seen him in this i've seen him in entourage i kind of like you Mm -hmm. know entourage to the extent that it's a dumb male soap opera yeah I enjoy. You actually got me in a fucking entourage. Uh, yeah, so I actually really like Jeremy Piven in Entourage. Mm-hmm. I think he's playing as Ari Gold. He's playing like the perfect character for him, mm-hmm. uh, and he has honed his Jeremy Piven craft. Right? right, like this, he's a little rough around the edges. Like you know, like George Clinton says, that guy's got a rap. Sure, uh, but it's it's a little proto. It's a little bit of a prototypical rap for mm-hmm. Jeremy Piven. Whereas in Entourage, man, he is just jeremy fucking piven right and he's playing the perfect character so i do appreciate jeremy piven in some stuff Uh uh-huh but not in this. but do you feel in this whole matthew mcconaughey because there's a couple points where i I don't caught him in profile like i caught him in profile and like to the extent like you know Uh him playing the whole like you know what i like about high school girls i get older and they (laughs) stay the same like there's a little bit of that like you're way too old and no one is acknowledging this man okay and also you're not you are not like I think Jeremy Piven's much better playing an aggressive type A, yeah, uptight asshole. Mm-hmm. So like it's uh, that's what I'm saying. He's a low rent Matthew McConaughey. If you want the full McConaughey experience, you bring him in here, have him leading the anti shaft and balls or whatever. Yeah, McConaughey's definitely got more of a hippie type of vibe to him. Yeah, he can, yeah. he could lead this group of misfits a lot better. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like they show this beginning, so maybe I'm just desensitized to this. I've seen one too many like. Oh my god, look at this fucked up crazy frat party. Mm-hmm. Maybe like uh shit, I'm trying to think of that. Oh, I can't think of the name of the movie. Um but I maybe I've seen too, one too many of those scenes, but this was the tamest fucking opening. Holy shit, this frat is in complete disarray. Like the right. pit didn't look that bad. There right. were dudes skateboarding, a guy was watching TV. There was a pro- There's bland, a, band, a band practicing. practicing. By the way, that's, that's cool, man. Are I'm you, fine with that. Are you super disappointed this guy whose thesis is that Gene Hackman or what was the other guy? I don't remember. But, but you know, his thesis was as in every movie ever, and that's the joke mm-hmm. that he's always in the background watching. Like, isn't it kind of disappointing that Gene Hackman and or whoever the other Ernest Borgnine or whatever <laughs> didn't actually have a walk-on cameo? Michael Caine. Michael Ca- 
I mean, Michael yeah. Caine. I mean, I, I, those are both kind of big gets for this kind of thing. But can't sure. like like to make this like a smarter comedy to neatly tie the joke together would actually have one of those in this movie. So the fucking movie is so fucking consistent. <laughs> yeah, that's the biggest disappointment yeah. I had the whole time. You got to like, do it. Really? You got to. You got a guy studying and the thesis that this is that's literally that's the binding fabric of all cinema, and you can't even fucking re- give respect to the joke that you make in a movie. Here's what you do: you say, "Okay, can we get Gene Hackman? Can we get Michael Caine? No. Okay, rewrite it. Can we get yes Robert De Niro? Go. No. Okay, can we get yeah, Ernest Borgnine? Yeah. No, he's too big. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You keep rewriting until you get someone who says yes and will walk on. George Clinton. How about that? There you go. George Clinton. Because they every... try that, right? They right. try to they try to bring that joke back around with mm-hmm. like, you, you know, uh, Gutter is a music major. Right. So and, and they're giving him shit not for not knowing who George Clinton is. And Which then, is pretty in, in the, you know, he's a music major, but has he attended class? Uh, probably not. <laughs> and he seems real dumb to begin with. Real um, dumb. So, but they do bring that joke back around, which you know uh, I liked. I mean, George Clinton's probably the best thing about this movie. Yes, I'm. That concert saying. is is pretty good. Um, also, like, there's a couple of this uh, visual gags I thought were just poorly executed. Like when their band is warming up, uh, they're going to start like plug in and like turn into extreme volume, and there's a guy frantically changing fuses, and he goes like the lick. Did you notice when he's licking that wire, he actually didn't make contact with his tongue? I looked down at that moment. Did you? I, I, yeah, I was taking notes. Okay. Well, I'm telling you, the sight gag was this guy's licking the wire so he can stick it into the socket and make the whole system work. And mm-hmm. he makes three valiant attempts to lick the wire. I, I, I actually watched the scene three or four times because I couldn't fucking believe it. It's like, really? Cut? Print? He, he, he didn't. He missed. His tongue misses the wire. Wow. Weird. Maybe it was a live wire. Maybe you, the actor just didn't want to get you shocked. You know, I actually, that's one of the things I was debating. Like, maybe with all, because I think there was a little bit of, like, practical arcing and stuff. Maybe his, like, self he's like, you know what? I'm not getting paid, but scale. They were trying to Hans Gruber him. Like, right. we're going to drop you early, like, like, Hans. Get Pivot in here to lick the wire. Get Favro. <laughs> yeah. Get, get yeah. someone with a career in here to lick this thing. <laughs> They'll do it. I got to earn a living after I get out of this shitty film. Let's talk about David Spade. Because, oh my god, if there's a human being on this planet that I like the least, it is David Spade. Dude. I've never found him funny. Uh, maybe during, like, what was that movie? Black Sheep with Chris Farley? Yeah, he had a pretty he good run of Farley. He was kind of funny then, but this whiny, like, just penny loafer wearing douchebag, I, I don't like this guy, I don't like the character, I don't like the actor, I don't, I don't like anything about David Spade. Huh. I don't. I have complicated feelings about David Spade because I'm an old school SNL fan. I've been watching it since I was like 12 years right. old, and okay. like I think my personal like heyday of Saturday Night Live was like when him and Farley and Sandler, Norm Macdonald, were were, yeah. were 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 running shit. Um, and I don't like. I I don't think as an adult that's the that's the pinnacle, but that's yeah. certainly like when I probably enjoyed SNL the most authentically because this is all new. It's right. all new. Like fucking Adam Sandler dressing up as an opera singer and giving the news and I, that like just slayed. I can't tell you. So I yeah. kind of like David Spade. Hmm. But his appeal outside of 14-year-old boys is inexplicable to me. Like the fact What do that, people like about him? I, but there is this like Hollywood legend that he pulls so much women I would say pussy, except for this is a whole. Those, <laughs> I just got on this whole and like enlightening right. that piece. But he pulls so much trim. What? Supermodel, like Why? he's like he's like Leonardo DiCaprio and how he rolls. That I understand how? because Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio is rich, good looking, super charismatic. Yes, and kind of like I guess sort of just a has an edge to him in real life. Yeah. David Spade. David Spade is, is funny, none of those things, but in a very particular snooty stuck up snide kind of way that I don't find I feel like he's arrogant it's it's he's a funny foil um but he's not much of a leading man and I don't see how that and like and maybe maybe he's just really funny behind the scenes because he's a comedy writer maybe yeah maybe he's just like really slyly funny Mm -hmm. but his public persona doesn't seem like it of course that's like saying like what if you found a bobcat goldblade was like really popular to the ladies like you uh-huh. he's not going up to people in the clubs ah, you know ah. like he's got a he's a real human being that has a shtick but you, you know? know he tried that you know he tried it <laughs> probably he set jay leno's couch on fire i bet there's few <laughs> things that that man hasn't tried god bless him that's true yeah uh 
so I just you, don't get you it. I keep don't pile it on Spade. I don't get David Spade. Like I, as much as I dislike Jeremy Piven, I times it by ten, and that's David Spade. I didn't understand the relationship between the shaft and balls. Uh, balls and, and shaft, please. Balls and shaft, shaft and balls right. have been fun. Uh, you're right. I'm trying to <laughs> shaft and balls. Uh, if, if I don't understand the relationship between them and the school administration. Okay, it's never explained. Now I understand why shaft and balls or balls and shaft. Which is it? Which is the real one? Balls and shaft. Okay, I understand why balls and shaft have a grievance with the pit because that's their old frat house. Uh-huh. Uh, and I don't like this movie enough to watch it. But like, it's un- inexplicable to me about why a society that seems like it's at least as offensive, if not more so, than anything else. And they did a good job at the end where they kind of like the mic slipped to him and. And, like, he's espousing all this anti – he's just racist and anti-women and anti-Jew and all this stuff. Right. Um, but why in the world would this school be in cahoots with them? Like, why is the administration working together with him? I guess because they both want the same thing. They have all the money. Is it like, you know, this is this, is this a, like, a school funding kind of like, you know. But I'm not what I'm saying. It's like I'm trying to invent reasons. Like, if, uh, you know, they, they had a line where David Spade's father – fucking named the library mm-hmm. or whatever like these like if they they made but like i i don't know there was like very little motivation to like why the hell there was all this internal division and why they had sided together and why she's partying with this particular frat can you tell me why david spade is there is he a student is he alumni is he there to finally get the pit back for his old frat, like he David Spade because of his genetics, mm-hmm. I thought reasonably played a you know an older college kid in a way that Jeremy right. Piven. Uh-huh. Jeremy Piven, let me ask you this: What I'll ask the same question to you about Jeremy Piven. What was his actual role in the pit? Is he a student? Is he? I feel a I feel staff? like he could definitely be like a flunky kind of okay. like student. So who, he's still, who just doesn't give a shit about studying, his, but he, he's still paying thirty grand a year to attend this. Taking place. a few credits a semester, yeah. sure, sure. Uh, he's just really dragging this out because he doesn't want to get to real life, right, right. Uh, but David Spade, like they make it pretty clear that the pit has been the pit for a while, right? Like, how how long has the pit been the pit? Since like back they, in the hippie actually, days, that, that yeah, because you could see in the sixties there was all these fil- there's all these yeah. pictures of like fairly you know stayed you know ball and shaft personnel, and then right. it went to like hippies in the sixties. Yeah, sixties. So it's or been 70s. like a grudge for thirty years at that point. Yeah, and and also if you couldn't walk so the hippies at the end of the seventies, and I don't know what the hell, like you know, mm. like really, you guys couldn't storm this place back in the coke fueled eighties when Wall Street was like really, right. really, yeah. you guys don't fucking deserve this house if you couldn't fucking beat the pit in the eighties. Yeah, it seems like. If they cared, they would have taken it back sooner. Michael Douglas gets up there and says, greed is good. You should have stormed the barricades, man. <laughs> right. Like, fuck, fuck this shit. Get these hippies out. Womp some hippie ass. What's going on? It, yeah, it also does seem a really bizarre pairing, you're right, between uh, Rand McPherson, I think his name is, David Spade's character, and Jessica Walter's character, the, the principal, or the, the dean, or whatever she is, the president? I think she's, yeah, the dean president, or yeah, whatever. Something like that. Uh, it seems an odd pairing because she's clearly behind a lot of this PC culture stuff, and Balls and Shaft are clearly not. They're against, but they're like yeah. the ones that would pl- pay lip service to in I order to get so, ahead. Yeah. And that's what the microphone scene at the end is all about, right? With him slipping up and and broadcasting his <laughs> his phobias to everyone, right? Right. Uh, yeah, I guess they could work together temporarily, but it seems like. They yeah they would have taken this back sooner yeah it's been it's been too long at this point why do they care why does Rand McPherson care about the the history of his frat at this point yeah thirty years on from when it was actually the pit was taken from him yeah no I mean like I said uh, there's ways I I think that there is elements in the, the PC crowd that are that are ripe for lampooning and and but you would have to have a much broader and deeper understanding to affect it. Because like I said, like, do you, okay, is this movie designed to have a feminist watch it and think, you know what, I've been wrong about all this stuff. I do need to just relax and have a beer. Or is it just to make people who are unenlightened and ignorant about the way the world works feel better about 
like a pox on all their houses. Oh yeah, sure, like, racist is bad, but like fucking people protesting to get racist is maybe even worse. Like I I don't know who this movie is right. made for, but I I think that's it. It's made for like the the you know majority uh, straight white dude who who sees this PC stuff as going too far. Did you read Roger Ebert's review? Uh, yeah. Were you surprised that his kind of like I feel like that he was. He thought the beginning of the movie was effective, and his thing was he thought that he he thought that the film took it too hard, too easy on the kind of liberal PC crowd. I thought that was a surprising take from what I know of him and his commentary in later years. Yeah, and I mean, granted, that was twenty years ago at right. this point, but and I also admit that I I was pretty anti PC back in the day because like a, if, mm-hmm. if you don't think about these issues it makes a certain amount of sense it's just like it's just so bizarre if you see somebody if you see somebody you know naked and covered in blood in a cage downtown Indianapolis and they're like screaming about animal treatment and like what mm-hmm. the fuck Yeah and I, I mean I think that's exactly who it was targeted at people like you who you know 20 years ago this this was a much less nuanced thing and yeah. and it and the the ideas that they're espousing had had not been kind of had not been nearly as adopted by society and kind of accepted you know like mm-hmm. th- these ideas were more radical i guess back then because america was different i just um, feel like this is cyclical because like there was this big bash backlash against pc culture when it first yeah. arose um and then it kind of went away, and, like, I think people kind of got, quote-unquote, on board with, like, you know, well, let's try to make society a little bit less coarse and whatnot. And it's come roaring back. Like, it seems like it took 20 years for it to come full circle again. Because we're right right now in the middle of a giant backlash against politically correct culture. Uh, yeah, in some ways. But I also feel like society has progressed in some ways, Certainly. right? I mean, like, if you look at the laws that have been made since then, you know, say what you want about possible future bullshit that's going to happen with that but right but i think we have we have sort of evolved in those regards and yes it's slow it's uh-huh. way slower than the people who are affected by these things would want it to be certainly but it's moving in the right direction in those regards and there will always be a backlash i think to really everything hmm. it's almost like I, this latest backlash i, I has a tint of you done pushed too far. You just got gay marriage. Now you want to be able to use whatever bathroom you want. Get the fuck out of here. You know, like right, like right. you just you now you're pushing too far. But do you the, feel like it's a vocal minority more so than man, it used I can't to be? tell. I used to, and then this fucking election happened, and right, now it's right. like I kind of am confronted with. Like, you know what? There's a hell of a lot more more people that that feel this way or are sufficiently riled up about them not being able to speak how they want and act how they want and express their truth of the world that we're in the situation we're in now. So it's like, I, you know, I, yeah, I'd like to believe that it's a vocal minority, but I don't know. And the other thing that scares me is that a lot of young people, a lot of young people are are, are taking up this message. Like I used to think like, okay, well, maybe – I think so. Like, I think there is a I lot. I interact enough with young people. I'm just saying, to like, know. the median age of people on Reddit, for example. Okay. And I look at the threads right. that happen and what are important and, and how much, how big of a community came around Donald Trump on Reddit. Um, and, like, you know, go, go look at the state of, like, our politics or something. And it seems like there, yeah, there is a lot of young people that are, you know, that. You know, with stuff like Gamergate and like these reactionary anti-feminist movements and stuff, it does seem like there is susceptibility to that isn't. I always took for granted that like, okay, well, you know, racism will die when like all the old racists die out and sexism will die. Well, but I don't know. Maybe it's something that does come about in cycles. Yeah, something that you have to like kind of. You know, keep educating. You can't take it for granted that like this battle's been fought. What the hell? Let's let's. uh, It's. I mean, that's all settled. That's. Certain. That's. I mean, shit. We're still fighting about abortion, like thirty, forty years after Roe v. Wade. So, right. And that's the thing. Like, there's always a new generation of people who have to learn the lessons that their ancestors learned. You know, when I say ancestors, I mean recent ancestors. Yeah, literally the person (laughs) that gave birth to them. Uh, Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So, of course, I I think yeah, things are going to be cyclical. But like, if you can get something into the zeitgeist and accepted by a sort of a, a large enough mass of people, then maybe things, when they come back around, aren't as severe, aren't as, uh, I don't know, I want to say aren't as tolerated. Mm-hmm. 
Um, don't know if that's the right word, though. The other thing is, like, I was disappointed that, like, if you're going to skewer, like, the fact that uh, um, the dean is replacing the offensive racial stereotype uh, Indian mascot mm-hmm. with an animal, like, don't you go for something with, like, the wetlands beaver or, like, like uh, the whooping crane is – I thought it was, like, when I saw it, I'm like, okay, this is kind of weird because – Whooping crane, like there's all kinds of things you could make that's that's like you know crane kick and karate kid. It's fucking badass. Uh, whooping crane is gonna whoop your ass. Like there's lots of more funnier animals that you could pick. Of like, oh my god, this is a disaster going from, you know, the banana slug or so. I mean, like you know what I'm saying? Like, did were you underwhelmed by the transition from the fighting Indian to the fighting whooping crane? No, I didn't think about it. No. Because, like, I when wasn't. they're wheeling it out, I'm like, what could this possibly be? Like, what could mm-hmm. it possibly be? And I was like, oh, man, whooping crane? Whooping crane's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. In that moment for the reveal. Yeah, the reveal wasn't there's that a whole, There's a whole but... style of martial arts called crane style. I mean, how 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 effeminate and ineffectual and impotent can a crane be? It whoops. It's got it right there in its name. <laughs> and cranes. Cranes are sturdy pieces of uh, equipment. Yeah. You, know? you go from that. Yeah. You fucking, yeah. That's, that's, that's American industry. Like right. building skyscrapers and shit. <laughs> uh, the other thing is, what do you make of using afternoon delight as, as a way to torture someone? Uh, I didn't really know what to make of it. I honestly thought it was going to be like a CD of David Spade singing. Like oh. his, his like b- quartet band I or something. I thought it was going to be like, super loud metal. Okay. It's like something yeah. that would actually be like, like go go to gutter and say, "Well, give me your strongest dose." Yeah, man. exactly. Give me give me an ear dose. Exactly. Me... When they, I could not be more surprised than when they fired up and it was afternoon delight. But as it went on, I started thinking, uh, yeah. "Okay, that would drive you this insane. on repeat would be pretty fucking bad." Yeah. If they had had him like hit the thing to skip it before he closed the door. So it was just like afternoon, like the chorus over and over and over again. That would have maybe uh-huh. been even better. Uh-huh. Uh, totally implausible, but funnier. I don't know. Yeah, have it skip right at the Skyrockets in flight part. <laughs> right. <laughs> just repeat that on 10-second loop. Yeah. Uh, okay, what else do we want to talk about? Is this movie where that adage of like not wearing the shirt of the band you're going to see came from? Because I've heard that before. It's so, man, I, okay, I've never been cool in my entire life, <laughs> but I don't understand. <laughs> I'm glad you'll admit it. I don't understand, I don't, un- I don't understand the rules. Like when yeah. I was in school wearing, uh, going, if you, if you want to get your ass kicked, you'd show up with a backpack and be wearing both straps. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's, it's the one strap thing. And I yeah. know this is like fucking Miami Vice or, or, or 21 Jump Street joke, whatever, but it's true. Then, like, fucking Kanye West and uh, Pharrell started wearing two-strap backpacks, and now it's the opposite. Like, you're a fucking nerd if you right. wear it, like, one strap. Yeah. So, you, if you wear a band t-shirt to a band concert, you're hopelessly uncool. If you wear your team's t-shirt to a team game, that's something mm-hmm. that you would do. You would never wear, like... Oh yeah, another the opponents team? No. or another team or like you to know, show like how diverse you are yeah, in you, your. You're, you're going to show up to a Colts game and a fucking fandom? Seattle SuperSonics or a yeah. I mean, it's I, I, I what? Yeah, diversity of fandom is not respected in sports context. I mean, whereas all, music, like, it's, it's yeah. so funny in this movie, to skewing uh, like this this anti PC culture or this PC culture that they're like this like it's they're they're proto hipsters. Mm-hmm. Like this is all scenester bullshit. Like, oh, yeah. you try your show. Oh, you're going to the crash and wearing a crash concert. Fucking try hard. Uh-huh. Like what? I don't know, man. That's why I've never been cool. Because like that's. I think that it's thinking to of, keep up. I on think that, that thinking about how to be cool is uncool. Right. Like if you have to actually decide, like, oh, I mean, beyond like, am I dressed appropriately for the weather and for the occasion? Like, am I wearing flip flops to a funeral? No. Okay, then I'm fine. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I grew up in the grunge era, so like now I okay you know, go ahead. That's the, as long as you had a, a flannel or a shitty old cardigan, you were cool. Now I feel like that like there are some things that are a little intrinsic cool because of like a vintage nature. Like if I go to a Metallica concert and I'm wearing like like my 1994 Monsters of Metal tour shirt, that's kind of cool because you're mm-hmm. saying I've been a fan of this band right. for a long fucking time. Yeah. 
or you went to Hot Topic. You gotta you gotta punch some holes in that shit <laughs> sure, before sure. you wear it. Gotta throw it and just spray some bleach on it. Yep. <laughs> but but you know what I mean? Like I I, I kind of get that because that's signifying like your status as a fan. But like to aggressively go away from and then to think about like okay, well, what is the cool shirt to wear to a clash a crash concert? Or Clash concert, rather. Yeah, it's weird in, like, nerd culture, too. Like, video games and stuff, because, well, you know, yeah. with the Hot Topic stuff, like, they're just re- they're printing new shirts with old shit on them, mm-hmm. and kids who weren't alive at the fucking time are wearing this stuff. And I'm like, dude, I, I was like five years old when I got my first NES. Yeah, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you wearing your Super Mario Brothers shirt, you 17-year-old, like, come on, man. Like, yeah, like you go to PAX and someone's wearing, a, like, a 17-year-old's wearing a Roots t-shirt and it's an Atari joystick. I'm like, <laughs> right. you know that's not a butt plug, right? That's actually a controller. <laughs> uh, but there again, I'm being, like, aren't we... Well, that's the thing. Like, we, at are, some point, you become too old to be hit by modern standards, right? You can't be cool when you're 40. And if you try to be cool in the same way that teenagers are cool, you're just going to come off looking pathetic. Right. Uh, so you have to be cool in the ways that people your age are cool. Right. And and I think everybody's got the right. As much as like teenagers have the right to laugh at a 40-year-old who's trying to be cool by their standards – the opposite applies How just as much. How do the fucking much. Rolling Stones get away with it? Or, like... I feel like if you just don't give a fuck enough, like... There you go. Like, I, do, I literally don't care what you think about me. Right. Did, like, not even a little bit. And right. so, that kind of has... You have to respect that in a way. Right. Like, I am the uh, the guitar... I'm the guitarist for... Um, oh, shit. I just went to the... the ACDC, and right. I'm still going to wear. I'm still going to dress yeah. up like a fucking Catholic schoolboy, uh-huh. even though I'm 70 years old. Or I'm Keith Richards. I'm still going to wear silk scarves. Fuck you. Uh-huh. Yeah, I guess. But, uh, and it's also like being the person who actually was involved in that stuff versus mm. being a fan of that stuff, yeah. right? Because I could see somebody trying to be Keith Richards right. when they were just like a fan of the Rolling Stones back in the 60s, and that would come off as pretty but pathetic. it's like not even but consistent. if you are keith richards like like david bowie was not rocking around in his glam like the day he died he wasn't dressed up like fucking iggy no he was in like Ziggy or whatever and, what was yeah, his yeah. stardust um right you know he he changed like he was aggressively stylish at all times uh-huh. yet like you know just name example of aging rocker you know who's the well, you named the, one iggy pop there sure <laughs> there you go um Though I, I don't know, it's it's I, like I said, this is why I've never been cool because I don't, under, <laughs> don't fuck, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, yeah. how can you be? How can you simultaneously be cool by rocking the old school look that you helped pioneer, and yet also be even somehow cooler if you're aggressively committed to being ultra stylish at all the time? To- at all time, Zuh. yeah. And it it it's interesting, you know, in in this kind of college culture, it it's so in high school, it feels like there are cliques, but it it's almost like in college that's amplified even more you know you like so? you don't you don't just Explain. have clicks for the sake of like i want to be cool with these people or whatever now you have clicks for the sake of like i believe strongly in these things and this is going to be my career path or stuff like that people are actually preparing for the real world where in high school it's all kind of kid stuff hmm. uh and and in high school i i don't know i mean most people probably don't have this experience but I found it very easy to like float between those groups and not ever have any real issues with anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like in college I wouldn't have been able to do that as well because hmm. I like I probably would have picked a path in college, you know, picked a side, yeah, and yeah. and not gone like gung ho like the the characterizations in PCU, but definitely like stuck to a crowd, right. Whereas in high school, I definitely didn't do that. How did you? So, because I consider you a pretty big nerd, but you also have also been cooler and more stylish than I. How did you do that? How did you do that? Because it's not like I would like I I decide like you know what I'm just going to be a fucking nerd today. I just was. <laughs> right. I like Star Trek. I like reading comic books. I I wore glasses. Yeah. Didn't play in sports because my mom wouldn't let me. Like how and you didn't play so so no, that's, in, 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 in really Mooresville know. High School it seemed like the only sure way to be cool was to join a sport because right. I saw some of my fellow nerds that instantly got cred by going out for the football team and I was like yeah. it was like frustrating I was like fuck man I could be a fucking baller defensive <laughs> yeah. or offensive lineman I just can't because my mom's in a goddamn cult now you get to be cool because you got a letter jacket what the fuck yeah 
it helped because I did live down like right across the street from one of like the most popular kids. So did you really? Who? Yeah. Uh, it was his name was either Jeremy or something something with a J. I don't don't remember his name, but he was like one of the big like basketball stars on the team. And you got you got along with him. Yeah, got along with him mostly. Okay. Uh, so, you know, yeah, living down the street and just knowing him, right. kind of, um, that was pretty easy. And then I spent, I didn't spend much time hanging out with those people in high school. Uh-huh. I spent more of my time hanging out with kind of the nerds and the slackers and like uh-huh. just kind of the, the underclass. But I always had that like relationship with one of the coolest people. So I could go by the lunch table and just say, hey, Jeremy, what's up? How's it going? He talked to me for a second and it was just never weird, you right. know? Whereas like... If you don't have that sort of in, I could see where it'd be pretty. If if I'm being shitty. honest with you, I think a lot of my problem is the fact that I truly believe I was better than most of those people. Yeah, well, that doesn't help. <laughs> I mean, you know, like I, it's like um, I, 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 I I'm not saying I'm not arrogant today, but as like a 16 year old, like I'd look at some of my peers and be like, Jesus fucking Christ, man, I yeah. am trapped in a goddamn zoo, and they're these are fucking ants. So yeah, it's like if you look down on people, they don't like you. <laughs> If I, get, if I if I <laughs> I don't think I was con- it's like I I don't know how it was manifesting in my demeanor. Um, uh, the other thing is like my dad always said I was I was, I was blessed with a punchable face. Uh, I don't know what about my demeanor, but like because I never like try to consciously manifest it, but it must have come through. I, I, I thought so. I was better than them. Uh, so there you go. What do you think of uh, Angela Walter in this? You know she's Archer's mom. She's uh, Arrested Development. The mom there. Yes, uh, I really Bluth. like her. I like her too. Is it weird to think that she looked older in this movie than in like Arrested Development? Yeah, she looks. Of course, I guess in Arrested Development, she's playing the character of a person who's like had like probably tons of plastic surgery and you know stuff, and maybe some of that is makeup and stuff. But it's weird how she like almost de-aged. Right, twenty years in between making this and Arrested Development. I mean, she might have had some work done. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But no, I thought she. I mean. There is some talent in this movie. Yeah, she's always great. I right. I've never had a complaint against her performance. Right. Um, so I'm trying to think of anything else. I yeah, she was okay, but she wasn't given much to do. And then she she's was fired just a, because she's of a, a single speech gone wrong. Like, yeah. So this was some kind of alumni event. Yeah. Where they were going to replace the mascot, which wasn't popular, but I don't know. It's even that, like I thought, was weirdly mean spirited. You had these old white guys storm the stage and was like, "Get off the fucking stage, chick! You can't have a mm-hmm. woman doing a man." And I'm like, "Holy shit! Like this is uh, my this is this well." Is a I mean, weird... she was spearheading the PC movement. So, in as much as this movie is saying everybody just chill and let's get along, yeah, that's what they're trying to say with that. Like, you've gone too far with the PC stuff, lady. Right. Uh, we need we need everybody to just kind of get along, but, and you're not encouraging that. That final climb I mean, is so weird because you have people faking seizures, uh-huh. and like it, it's almost a little bit of like these fucking guards worrying about people having seizures. I guess so. You know what I'm saying? Like it's. I, mean, I think it's natural human instinct to want to help somebody when they. It, I mean, I just think it's weird to hold that up as like some kind of like, oh, look at these squares, worried about the guys foaming at the mouth and having seizures and like eating grass and whatnot. It's just like the whole thing, like uh, at the end of it, it was this, this nexus of like I thought what I thought was all, everything tone deaf and wrong about the movie. Right. And then Jeremy Piven getting up there and being like, you know, everybody's super And like you got these guys who are, you know, uh, African-American uh, studies students and feminist theory students and Asian and vegans uh, and all this stuff right. come together and be like, oh, yeah, we had some beers last night. Let's you're, you're right. We should all just get together. I don't know. It's weird because I've seen a movie like mean, protest protesting like Mean Girls, I think, does a good job of showing how mm. people can organically arrive in a, in a community like this at a differing point of view. And like it's uh-huh. not you're not exactly cool, but you kind of like see the bad things and what you've contributed and how you went too far and now everything is now better. Uh-huh. But it wasn't just a single speech of like, you know, we had beers and we have, everyone wants to have a good time. Like that's the other thing. It's like, you know, that's the other stereotype. It's like, there are very extreme examples of people in movements that that's all that they do, but most people aren't like that. Sure. Yeah. You know, uh, most people are like, just like even, even like really reactionary movements are capable of, of having good time. And I guess that's a realization you can take home from the movie or 
any life experiences. Like most people, if you went into a bar with them with no labels and you stayed away from like, you know, you just, just talked about your lives, mm-hmm. you probably would have a good time with them. You wouldn't yeah. be like, what a fucking asshole. But. Yep. Uh, maybe Piven's right. We all just have to get a beer. We just have, we'll just have to have a good time. Maybe so. Let's just let's just go. And everyone's idea of a good time is as identical. Everyone's idea of a good yes. time is a college rager, right? Unless, unless you're me, and I'm a hopeless nerd, so don't listen to what I say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything else to say about PCU, man. Yeah, Josh. I didn't. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, Josh. Do you feel? Do you, are you sitting funny now, bro? Yeah, what the, else? What what were some of his comments? Did he have anything else? I don't like John Favreau. I don't like Jeremy Piven. I don't like David Spade. I don't like this movie. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let us let's let's wrap it up there. Um, you know, like I think uh, now's the time for us to have the rager and come together, right? Because uh, obviously people have strong. You know, Josh has strong opinions about this film, and we have strong opinions. But it's it's now it's, it's, it's time to rage. It's time to get George Clinton in here. Maybe we can go out with a little P funk. Okay. And that should heal all divides, I think. I think so. You gave us $300 to shit on this movie. And, you know, how do you feel about that? Who cares? Because here comes George Clinton. (laughs) See you guys later. 